Good morning. Welcome back to Chop for Time. You couldn't see my hand, but it did do the chop right there. So we're just uh, happy to be back here talking about this message from this week. Um, if you haven't yet, please hit that like and subscribe button so that we can get this out to more people and uh, get uh, more population of good news out there to help us and others. Let's uh, start with the word of prayer. Kelly, would you open us up? Absolutely. Father God, I thank you so much for my brothers here that uh, we could gather this morning, God, just to look at your word and, and talk about uh, how you how you make us new, God, and this uh, idea that we have this faith, God, and, and that these promises from you are true, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, just going to backtrack a little bit. My name is Devin, and we're currently down in the studio. I am joined with Ben, and I have Kelly, and we have a special guest with us today. Britt Bush, can you say hi? Good morning. I don't know about special, but I appreciate that. That's why we went audio this morning, Britt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that kind of special, really. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> so we're excited. We're so excited about this week's message. Back in Hebrews, thank you for taking us through the book of Hebrews. Um, pastor and man it's been so each week has been another step a process of learning what god this week we were doing with better promises and just appreciate how you're how you're correlating that into our lives to make it practical and can you give us a little recap of what you talked about yes the basically the whole chapter um we we landed on 14 where it talks about you know christ through christ has ushered in a superior covenant full of better promises uh, leading up to that the author is kind of addressing another one of the areas that the church is struggling in because we're talking about jewish converts to christianity and the struggles that they're facing because of this newfound belief uh, and he's systematically you know the author is just systematically torn apart all of these areas where they're being persecuted where things are being uh, brought against them. And, and even to a certain extent, we talked a little bit about the mockery that they would have faced because they didn't have a, uh, an actual high priest um, there, physically there. They didn't have a temple physically there. Um, and they, they were facing this kind of stuff. So the, the writers systematically broken down, uh, Jesus is better than the angels, Jesus is better than Moses, Jesus is better than the priest, Jesus is, Jesus is greater, you know, Jesus mm -hmm. is better. And now, here's what Jesus did. So the writer's saying that not only is Jesus greater, he brought in a greater covenant. Mm. So now, they're tearing apart the old covenant. You know, they're, they're talking about the, not necessarily the dismantling of it, but how Jesus and the covenant that he ushered in is greater. Amen. And then talk very briefly about the significance of the writer again making the statement that Christ is seated at God's right hand. And the significance of that to the Jewish culture and faith at the time, that would have been unheard of for the high priest to actually be seated while performing their priestly duties because the high priest, there was not a place for them to sit down in the tabernacle, the temple, anything while they were on watch, so to speak, uh, because there was always work to be done. There was always something that needed to be done. And the fact that Christ is seated indicates his last statement on the cross. It is finished. 
so that was that was a big yeah that was a big point um a sticking point for the jews uh, victory point for the christ believers but we took the better promises that 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 phrase better promises and, and listen we could talk about better promises from the moment that we're talking now mm. until the day that we die Amen. and never never come close to exhausting the list of better promises that we have in Christ Jesus. Two of them that we spent some time in is Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, about made alive in Christ. It's like we once were dead. Now, let's, let's make sure we clarify that. Not almost dead, not clinging to life, yeah. not breathing once every minute, not a heartbeat once on an EKG blip, there we were dead so there was no hanging on barely by our fingernails to something we were dead zombies yes like d-e-d dead the worst kind of dead um and we're made alive through christ what better promise man what better promise is that, that through Christ we've been made alive? And then we went to Romans 8, 31 through 39, about what can separate us. You know, it talks about us being so victorious, absolutely and definitively victorious in Jesus Christ. And then, then Paul goes on to say, what can separate us from the love of God? That better promise, man. So that's, that's where we kind of landed on Sunday. Good stuff, good stuff, you know, and I just love, you know, just as you were talking about that Psalm uh, 110, when they said, you know, sit at my right hand, mm-hmm. till I make your decision, and so that would have been, because that was a messianic promise, this is the chosen one, so when, once again, Jesus is better, because it had already been prophesied that God was going to do this marvelous, amazing work, and so... I like it. Now let's uh, do some takeaways. We're going to start off with uh, Britt. What stood out to you um, from the message this week? Well, yesterday uh, when Ben posed the question to us, uh, to all of us, you know, are you are you willing to put your salvation in my hands? And mm-hmm. and then you know, we, he posed that same question. You know, he, he told us, he said, "I'm not willing to put mine in yours." And and you know, that really made me think. We, you know, the assurances we don't have to. We have Christ the the perfect yeah. you know the the that's interceding for us uh on our behalf and and that we don't have to go through the same process you know we don't have to put our faith in in someone in a in a in a tabernacle somebody who has you know who is fleshly you know they were they were priests but they were uh, faults the same as we have but in someone that is perfect and sinless and blameless that we can go to that I can go to directly and I can take, you know, um, my prayers and I can pray directly to, to him. And just that reminder that, you know, that he is the one that we go to, that he is the one that's interceding for us. And, and just how much that, uh, that's, uh, uplifting to me that, you know, we can have that relationship, that one-on-one relationship with Christ. And, Amen. and that's just comforting, you know, because, you know, we're humans, we thrive on relationships and, and just that we can have the son of God that we can, you know, that we can go to him in prayer at any time that we can go to God in prayer at any time. And that, that just that relationship, um, aspect of it. And that, you know, it, he knows what it's like to walk 
uh, in our shoes, literally here on earth and, Amen. and that he's experienced all the things that we have experienced and we are experiencing, but it's, it, he was sinless, yeah. Amen. Amen. but he understands, Amen. he understands. And just to be able to take that to him is mm. amazing. Yeah. Such a reassurance. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Relationship is truly what it's all about. You know, one of the things we're going to kick on today is that relationship that we have is not based upon what Ben had talked about, that Old Testament standard right there um, of the law. So one thing that stood out for me this week, uh, I love, you know, I love the passage Ephesians 2 and Romans 8. There's just like some of my favorite passages. So just, but I love that word in Ephesians 2.10, we are his, and I think Ben used a, the translation that said masterpiece, mm-hmm. but I, I like, you know, the workmanship, you know, and I also love that word, you know, where God's, you know, God has made us and crafted us and you know he's working on us even now it's so amazing but uh just just shows his when somebody does a masterpiece it takes a master to do a masterpiece and we're a piece of the master now you know and i just love that he's working on us making us into gems the bible said that he's going to show the riches of his goodness and his kindness toward us in christ jesus and i i just love that so that he's working on us and it's not up to me you know thank you thank you that he's working on me amen as if i was working on me it wouldn't be a masterpiece <laughs> yeah uh kelly what about you yeah so uh apologize right now i took a little extra shot of pre-workout this morning before i did my workout so i might be all over the place here okay but, uh just hold on to something okay 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 <laughs> as, as his head is turning back and forth yeah. from the microphone you can't so we can't, right yeah. now you can't yeah no uh I love the uh, I love that imagery of the X-ray, the MRI machine, you know. Um, and then you know, talking about Ephesians too, that dead, that deadness, you know. And it's just like my dead body was just thrown in that MRI machine, and uh, it it confirmed that I was dead, mm. you know. And that's what the old law, that's what the law does. It, it exposes how wicked, how 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 we are just we can are so far away from God, you know. And 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 but it doesn't do anything to help out the problem. Yeah. And I just, I love how you put that so simply, man, that Jesus, this perfect high priest, he, he can show us our problems and he has the solution, you know, to give us life, to give us healing and whatever it is in our lives. I mean, it's, I love that imagery, you know, that that law is just like, yeah, you're, you're a sinner, but what are you going to do about it? It can't do anything for you. It never could, you know, as we read the old Testament, you just over and over again, it's just like, there was, you know, you just had to continually come, you know, like you said, the work was never done, never done, just over and over again. So I love that, that idea of that MRI machine. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Hey, man, that was pretty powerful. You know, nobody's ever got up and hugged a MRI yeah. machine. <laughs> right. Or, yeah. Know, so um, good stuff right there. Um, well, you know, one of the things we talked, and this being chopped for time, mm-hmm. you gave some uh, quick allusions to, and you talked about John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my yeah. commandments. We wanted to take a look a little bit about obedience and faith, mm-hmm. you know, faith and obedience today, you know, because what do you, what's your take on that? So Pastor? I think that there's areas of scripture that are very purposefully filled with tension, uh, and this is one of them, that if... You know, we were, Kelly and I were talking a few days ago that this is one of those areas that if in your mind everything has to make sense to you, like you have to be able to reason everything out to um, rationale, you're going to struggle with the Christian faith mm-hmm. because there's areas that I'm convinced that God purposefully 
uh, leaves as a mystery. You know, it was like we can seek them out. You know, it's a it's a glory of kings. Uh, you know, it's a glory of man to search out a matter, but it's a glory of kings to conceal it. Um, and in our searching, there's an element of glory that God reveals as He's concealed things, because as we seek those out, we're actually seeking Him. Um, and I think this is one of them that the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, was all about the laws, was all about obedience. You know, and it wound up with over 600 and some commandments by the time that Jesus came. Started with 10. Mm. You know, and God was like, okay, listen, you're all not doing the greatest in the world. I'm, I'm going to give you 10 things. 10. You do these or don't do these. We're good. Like this is going to get I talked about the old covenant was us trying to get up the mountain to God. Mm. The new covenant was God coming down to the mountain and getting us. Mm, amen. Um, but God said, listen, there's 10 stages here. You do these 10 things or don't do these, you're going to get to me. You're going to get to the top of the mountain. How'd we do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and I made the statement on Sunday, it's like, we couldn't even keep the simple ones, the easier ones. So we've got this law-driven covenant. Okay, it's all about obedience. And it's a law of death. And that's what Paul says. Mm. Uh, and it's written on tablets of stone. But now Jesus comes in with this grace and mercy and love, new covenant that's written on our hearts that is life. You know, this is a covenant of life. But obedience is still a thing. Like, right? So, I mean, like the old covenant is like it's all about obedience. This new covenant's about grace and, oh, that's so great. But, oh, there's still obedience here too? Wait a minute. So there's this tension of what role does obedience pay? Okay, I've got to have faith. That's what leads me in. But if I don't, you know, we're going to read here in just a minute. If I don't have this obedience to go along with this faith, it's not going to work out real well for me. So there's this element of tension that keeps us in the search for the king mm. and what this means. Good stuff. Um and we have a couple passes that go yeah. kind of long and want to cruise into this. So um, I think let's start off with the first one from Kelly. Would you start off with Romans chapter 1? Yeah. one five says, Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. So... Um, Where does the obedience come from again? From him. Yeah. That comes from faith. Yeah. For his name's sake, for Christ's sake, right? And uh, yeah, so it's like you, I love how you talked about the tension and it, it brought another image to my mind, you know, of this this idea of obedience in one hand and grace in the other. And it's like, there has to be this, this constant tension because like if you have tension between two things and you cut the rope, they're both just going to fly on their faces, you know, and uh, playing tug of war or something. Um, so there's this, you have to have both, you know, but it starts with, with Christ, you know, with that grace. It really does start with that grace, you know, like you talked about. We can try to go up the mountain all we want, but it, it's not until he comes down the mountain to us that we, that we can have that, you know. And then our response is that we, as he draws us in, we try to draw, you know, we continually seek him in our lives. And that comes through our obedience, I believe, you know, and, and what he's made plain 
very plain what is expected of us and it's not unachievable things it's all things that are very we're very capable of you know but a lot of times we just don't want to do because we want to do what we want to do sure yeah okay. yeah i just i think you know when you're looking at this you know by grace through faith it comes back to the motive again it really comes back to the motive because obedience is critical in both covenants Right, I mean, I think mm-hmm. we can all agree on that one. It's like you know, it's it's there. Yeah. What we see changed is the motive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the motive in the Old Testament, like I talked to, you know, talked about on Sunday, is like I'm, we're keeping the laws now or trying to because we don't want to be struck dead. <laughs> Basically, you know, we like living, and I'd like to continue to do that. So, but then in the New Testament. We see this, you know, the John 14, 15, that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then we see Jesus talking about this um, elevation that's required of us because there's nothing about grace that's greasy. You know, there, there's nothing about grace that makes it uh, makes us less accountable. Mm. It actually increases it. You know, because unless you know your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll not enter into the kingdom of God. You know, it's like you've heard it said, you know, do not murder. But I tell you that if you look upon someone with anger or hurt or malice in your heart, then you're guilty of murder. Right? Uh, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look upon someone with lust in your heart, you've already done it. It's like Jesus took the bar from this, you know, from this level and then just raised it about ten times. So there's nothing about grace that's cheap. It actually ratchets up the accountability, mm-hmm. but it's about the love that we have for our Savior. Because again, it's just like you know, all throughout the Scriptures, we see if you just do what I'm telling you to do, you're going to be blessed, man. It's going to work out for you. And that's the thing that stands out to me is just that that motive that it's through faith, it's obedience through faith in Him, and our faith is driven by our love for Him. So that's my takeaway. Good stuff. Uh, Britt, what about you? What stands out to you in that one? Well, just to keep keeping our eyes on Christ. And, you know, if we we have all these worldly things that come, you know, come in our lives and things that want to distract us. And, um, you know, like Ben was talking about, it, the scripture says if we look at someone with malice or if we, you know, we've already committed murder or if we, if we look at, you know, someone with lust, we've committed adultery. But if we keep our eyes on Christ and keep our minds focused on Christ, and if we if we're walking with Him uh, in the Scriptures, if we're in prayer, if we are looking for love, you know, in in people, you know, just just people who are extending us grace, people are extending us love, and and we reciprocate that, and and even those who aren't, if we're just you know trying to find uh, trying to find the goodness in in every situation. As humans, we want to find the bad. You know, we look for the bad. We we want to highlight the things that that uh, you know that that we don't like. Because mm-hmm. that, that's easy, isn't right. it? It's easy. It's not always easy to find the good. Um, but you know, we are called to do that. We are called to love and keeping our focus on Christ, and that w- that will help us in all situations. Mm-hmm. You know, just just keep that focus on Him. Yeah. You know, Scripture says that uh, Jesus, it, it's kind of a contentious point if you make it just kind of plainly, but Jesus wasn't his own man. 
He did only what he saw the father do. Absolutely. He said only what he heard the father. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so the more that we keep focus on Christ, on, on you know, on God, then we're going to, our works are going to line up. Mm-hmm. Our obedience is going to line yeah. up. And that's, that's my prayer every morning. I fall so short of it every day. My prayer is like, God, I only want to do what I see you do. I only want to say what you, what I hear you say. Um, so it's such a powerful, powerful point you made there. Yeah. If I could real quick, our memory, I love it when this happens, but our memory verse in my house to this week is John 15, five. If you remain in me and I in you, yeah. you will bear much fruit yeah. apart from me. You can do nothing. Like you said, and like, you know, what you said, Jesus raised the bar so high. We can't, we can't achieve that apart from Christ, you know, yeah. remain in me. You will bear much fruit, you yeah. know, apart from yeah. me, you can do nothing. I love that. It's, you know, like amen. what you said. Amen. Amen. Good stuff right there. I, I just uh, like that, you know, the, for me, moving from a place where we are being obedient because we can think we can get something. Mm. That's good. I mean, even as Christians, yeah. we are driven sometimes by compulsion, not of relationship, but of we're trying to soothe our conscience. We're trying to meet a standard, meet a quota. Got to read five chapters today. I got to go to church this week. Got to go to Bible study. Um, whatever it is that we have, these standards and things that we feel that make us right, they don't. The relationship with Christ makes us right because we believe and trust in Him. And then, you know, the opposite comes. The, the obedience is born of that connection to Him, just what you said, abiding in Him because we're having a living relationship that's producing something in us rather than me trying to produce my stuff, which just doesn't work. I've been there. I've been in the place where I'm trying to meet all my standards and quotas, and I felt dead and just dry, and, you know, it gets frustrating. You know, but when I'm in the place of relationship... It's living, and there's wonderfulness to it. I think we have another passage, James chapter 2, um, 14 and 18. Could you read those for us, Britt? Yeah, James two fourteen says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? And then 18 says, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So it's that you know they have we have to be an active participant in the calling that we have from Christ mm. to walk in him you know um I, I thought just a few minutes ago before I read that about uh an analogy that uh, I had a professor tell me one time at Morehead State you know he's like you know you are an eagle uh you're here but you have to actually come to class <laughs> For me to give Which you, a, I did not do when I went to Moorhead. I I didn't do that for a while. Yeah, and uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you have to actually come to class to get a grade and to get a degree and to graduate. That's you know, great. Um, but you know that's a, maybe a poor analogy, but the no. same applies. You have to be an active participant in your walk with Christ. Yeah, and you have to actively want to seek Him and walk with Him. And it can't just be, uh, as, as Thomas said last week on Chop for Time, bums in seats. I love that phrase, by the way. Uh, it can't <laughs> just be that. some bits and bobs. Yes. Uh, it can't just be that. It can't be a the check boxes like you were talking about, the I have to do this, I have to do that. It's a relationship, and I think that's what a, a, 
you know, it's hard um, because relationships, sometimes relationships are hard, but with Christ, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be mm. because he knows us better than anyone. So, you know, just that reassurance in itself that he knows us better than anyone in, in my eyes makes that relationship easier because he, he knows what I'm going to say. He knows what I'm feeling. He knows what I'm going through, but I have to actively talk to him. I have to actively walk and do the things that he wants me to do. Amen. Great point. You know, I was talking last night at uh, Celebrate Recovery, and I was sharing with people, I was like, hey, just coming to this meeting doesn't do it. Amen. You know, you're not going to overcome your struggles and battles, hurts, habits, and hangups by coming here or going to another meeting. You know, you have to do the work. Yeah. You know, relationships are work. You know, a, a relationship with my wife is work. Relationship with my daughter is work. I have to talk to her every day, you know. Right. I have to tell her, obedience is just obey me to be well with you. I have 20 times a day, whatever it is, you know. But And, and so it takes work. Just be, and I, and I, I, here's the problem that I have a lot with people in the church is that they are coming to church and believing, but not doing. And they're just, you know, sitting there receiving, but not giving, you know, and it's part of that, you know, hey, God has called you to do something, not sit. It's sitting is not part of what he wants you to do. So just that part of the relationship is that Christ, you're his, you got to do something and be obedient. Um, and it'll be well with you. It'll be well with you. Yes. That's great, you guys. I mean, both what both you said was, I think, really great. Um, yeah, it. I was thinking about how a lot of people think, uh, you know, there's this debate out there with Paul and James kind of contradicting each other, you know, with, you know, Paul saying that, you know, it's by faith alone, you know, so that no one can boast. James here is telling us that, that you know, without works, our faith is dead, right? And so, um, but they really are, it, it's that tension. It's that same tension again. You know, they're not contradicting you at all. It, they're just saying the same thing differently, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, you know, what you guys said was perfect. Like I said, that tension is just, that's, we see that tension throughout the scriptures. Like you said, Old and New Testament, we see it between these two passages, you know, and, and, uh, there has to be both. We have, we've got to stop, you know, we're so polarized in our society even right now. It's like it, it, it infiltrates the church and infiltrates even our lives because all we see all the time is like one extreme or another. And it's like, we have to have this tension. We have to have this balance to really, to really grasp, like, you know, Ben, like you said, as little that we can of fully understanding. We'll never fully understand this mm -hmm. kind of stuff, but but we have to look at the whole text, right? The whole text of the Bible. Something I've been learning a lot in, in uh, you know, going to KCU is that you, you can't just take one, you know, passage out of, out of James and go, you know, this is it, man. This is all of it. And it's like, wait a second, we have a lot of other stuff here that we need to look at all of this. And man, there's like, there's just so much to learn, so much to, to grow and to glean from all this. Yeah. And can we just take a moment and recognize again, how critical it is for us to just focus on God. Yeah. Because can, can we just recognize how many things that are working against us that bring about death? Mm -hmm. Like Jesus Christ is the source of life. Mm -hmm. Everything else seems to be working towards death in yeah, our lives. Right. Even faith without works brings death. Death. Yeah. I, to me, I mean, that, that just is sinking into me how important 
that Christ and Christ alone. You know, when I came to you, I, I purposefully knew nothing but Christ and him crucified. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what we have to focus on because the enemy will use anything that he possibly can to author a chapter of death in our lives. Mm-hmm. Even when we're putting our faith alone in Christ. It's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, last little part here. We're going to do a takeaway. This is just a short, brief thing that you want to leave our audience with, something that speaks out to you that you want to take away. So I, w- I would just, what pops in my mind is just we need to be constantly seeking. Amen. You know, something that Kelly just talked about, you know, we can't take one part and piece of the Bible. We have to look at it as as a symphony. You know, we've heard that um analogy before but the same thing in our lives we can't find a, a, a complacency in our lives we have to be constantly working to find what god you know what god wants for us mm-hmm. what god wants us to be doing for him and and just how how we can further the kingdom through we can't find complacency because that that itself you know invites that uh, death back in complacency mm-hmm. does just be constantly, constantly looking to Christ, constantly working to better our relationship with Him. Yeah, Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Um, for me, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven talks about God's plans for us. He knows these wonderful things, but right after that, He says, "And you will seek Me, and you'll find Me when you seek there Me with your whole heart." I love that passage because it's you know we all want the wonderful plans God has for us, but we're just really not willing to seek Him with our whole heart. Mm. To find those plans and, and just, you know, pursue them, pursue. Just what you just said right there, pursue it, work it out, because it won't work if you don't work it. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking about my marriage and my wife and I and our relationship and how, you know, when I when I pursue my wife, you know, our, our relationship flourishes. And I don't, it's not that I'm doing it, you know, to, to like you said, to, you know, to get, attaboys or whatever here and there but the more that i pursue her the more our 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 marriage is is more it's just beautiful you know and it's just just it's and it's like that with christ the more that i've pursued him you know and and needed him you know and and wanted him the the more you know he's he's just revealed to me you know that he is the source of everything in my life and that man if you obey me things will go well with you (laughs) (laughs) and it's so true in my life and Sometimes I question, why am I such a dummy? Mm. Yeah. Trust and obey, mm. for there's no, no other way <laughs> to be happy in Jesus. Are you going to sing for us? But to trust and obey. That would end the episode effectively. <laughs> that, would, that would definitely end it for sure. It wouldn't be that leaving song of the congregation right, yeah, right that, there. That would, that would not be a pleasant way to exit this episode. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, thanks so much for sharing. Fellas, and uh, thanks for listening. Once again, if you um, have a comment or want to reach out to us, we encourage you to reach out to FCCGrayson.com, or you can look us up online and give us a call if you have any questions or comments about anything that we've shared or just anything in general and like to reach out to somebody. Also, if you don't have a home church, we would love to participate in fellowship with you. So we encourage you to come on in, and we'll grow in the grace and love of Christ together. Let's uh, close out with a word of prayer. Britt, would you close out, brother? Father God, thank you, Lord, for time spent this morning 
just talking about you with uh, with our brothers here and lord we just hope that uh, that the things we've said here this morning will go out and and it will cause people to think and and maybe to grow closer to you as it has caused us to do the same thing we thankful mm-hmm. thankful dear lord for your word and we are thankful dear lord that you want to pursue us dear father that you want to have a relationship with us lord we just ask that you um be with all those that are listening dear lord and and lord we just we're thankful that we can serve you here lord watch over us in jesus name we pray amen amen amen